proof that Joseph Smith was a sexual predator next on polygamy. What love is this? Of over the 500 programs that we've that produced many, huh? on polygamy, what love is this? We've dedicated dozens of them, and you've been involved <laughs> with most of them, uh, dozens of those shows, to the character of Joseph Smith. We've also examined each of these 34 plural wives, yeah. and we've told the story of each wife. We've explained from LDS historical documents how many of them were seduced into his polygamous harem. Some of his plural wives came against their will. Some were so naive they just didn't know any better. Better, And others just wanted to do whatever Joseph Smith said God said they needed to do. <laughs> we'll probably really never complete the story of Joseph Smith and his polygamist activity because there's so much detail, yeah. new information, new opinions, and things comes forward as well as... as um, new uh, viewers who knew new to the topic need yeah. to uh, understand actually what went on from the beginning and know the historical truth about Joseph Smith. And to, so to accomplish this, we are constantly looking for a new approach to the topic <laughs> and recently found one on the internet at the website on the screen. It's entitled Evidence That Joseph Smith Was a Sexual Predator. And then you can find that on the website there on the screen. Now the author of this article lists 22 points of evidence that he believes proves Joseph Smith's sexual exploits and exploitations were those of a predator. You know, you can look at signs yeah. of a predator and, right. and find out what they are. And so we're going to draw from these 22 points in a two-part series. And of course, this is part one. And obviously, we will be adding comments of our own <laughs> as we go <laughs> through the list. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with the author's own comments as he begins this list. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. It's also from something called 116pages.com, which, mm -hmm. of course, was the lost, the lost portion pages, of the Book right. of Mormon. So, Anyway, he says, I work with students in a high school. I often give presentations to the students about the dangers they face from online sexual predators. I go through the patterns that predators use to entice young girls and boys and the precautions students need to take in order to stay safe. Sexual predators are clever, ruthless, and patient. Predators look for the most vulnerable and exploit their victims' weaknesses and trust to eventually achieve their goal. As I was reviewing my notes for an upcoming assembly, I was horrified to notice parallel methods used by the Mormon prophet Joseph Smith in selecting his eternal wives to the ways that sexual predators use today. Although Smith didn't have the internet as a tool, he had a far more effective approach. His followers believed he spoke to and for God. I prepared this list to demonstrate that Joseph Smith's pattern for luring his polygamous wives has all the same markings of the worst of, the, of today's sexual predators, threats, shame, and false promises. Now, I know that some people, that when they, they won't even get this far, because if you start saying anything negative about Joseph Smith, <laughs> turn they just the channel. <laughs> turn it away, turn away. But we urge people to watch this and honestly yeah. seek the truth and find out exactly what went on during that, those times. It's interesting to discuss someone else's viewpoint on this yeah, as yeah. well, which is what this is. And also, there's an LDS apologist historian who has written volumes on Joseph Smith's polygamy. His name is Brian Hales, and he defends Joseph Smith's actions. He seems to give uh, 
um, jo Joseph Smith a free pass just because he was Joseph Smith yeah. on whatever he did because Joseph Smith spoke for God and to God so obviously he couldn't do any wrong. Now Brian Hales often explains we don't know why God told Joseph Smith to do such and such, and then he lists some atrocious thing that, that Joseph Smith did and <laughs> thinks God told him to do it, but we don't know why. But we who know the Bible and trust the Bible and have faith in the God of the Bible, we know that God did not tell Joseph Smith to do those things. If you go to the website listing the 22 points that we're going to discuss now, you'll find at the bottom of the article some point-by-point -point rebuttals made by Brian Hales. And so as we go through these rebuttals, as we go through each point, we'll also talk about some of uh, Brian Hales' rebuttals as we work through this list. So it's going to be, yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a back and forth thing. So first on our list of why Joseph Smith is considered a sexual predator, number one, Joseph Smith told his victims that her family's salvation was dependent on giving into his wishes. Yes, from the autobiography of Helen Mark Kimball. After which he said to me, of course this is Joseph Smith, if you will take this step and it will ensure your eternal salvation and exaltation and that of your family's household and all of your kindred, this promise was so great that I willingly gave myself to him. Now these statements that you quote as, and as we go through the list, are his backup to, right. to his list. Right. So this is his backup quote. And, and it's about Helen Mark Kimball, 14-year-old Helen Mark Kimball, when Joseph Smith proposed to her. His proposal was with um, the full consent of her parents and came after Joseph Smith had actually terrorized her parents by claiming that God wanted Heber Kimball to give yeah, his wife to right. him as a plural wife. <laughs> so he proved himself to be a predator not only to this 14-year-old girl, but also first to her mother. We quote Brian Hale's rebuttal to this. Yeah, this is his rebuttal. Helen also said she was too young to understand what Joseph said. So this conversation took place in front of Helen's parents, neither of which recalled this supernal promise. Well, every single account that I have read, and believe me, I've read a lot of accounts sure of this have. incident, includes the promise. So I don't know where he's getting that information. Um, How he can dismiss it like that. It just yeah. dismisses it, right. Yeah. Um, and besides that, he, the parents were, even if the parents were there with his proposal, they agreed to it because they also believed that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God and spoke for Speaking God. For so God. that that moot, that is a moot um, yeah. rebuttal, I think. Yeah. Joseph Smith is not justified in, at any rate, no matter who he said it before, um, he's not justified in his proposal or plural marriage to a 14-year-old girl. Um, he was almost three times her age, so wow. that's not good. Anyway, the second number point on his list is that Joseph Smith told his victims to keep his actions secret from family and friends, and his supporting statement is this. Participants in these early plural marriages pledged to keep their involvement confidential. And I think people notice that the source there is the LDS.org essay They, they need to, to watch yeah. that because the LDS have essays about Joseph Smith's polygamy, although some of them are quite deceptive. Still, they are admitting right. some of these things. Now, when incest and pedophilia and molestation take place, the perpetrator will invariably warn his victims to be silent about what happens. They're encouraged 
or threatened to keep it their special secret. Right. Smith insisted on secrecy of his polygamy to his plural wives. Even those who rejected his proposals, he warned of repercussions if they told anyone. And this is Brian Hale's rebuttal. Secrecy was sometimes required, but polygamy insiders were free to talk to each other, as in the case of Sylvia Sessions attending the sealing of her mother Patty to the prophet. Well, he only gives one example there, <laughs> but information and historical documents that I've read, there's many women who associated with each other, and neither one of them knew that each they were pearl wives of yeah. Joseph Smith. But there was a solemn secrecy among the members of the early Mormon church about polygamy. Joseph Smith claimed even to his Mormon constituents that he wasn't a polygamist when he was. Okay. Secrecy was a huge part of early Mormon illegal activities, and today's polygamy groups continue in that same legacy of secrecy. The next point, number three, was uh, that Joseph told his vic victims that he would be killed if they didn't comply. This is so good. His supporting statement. During the third and final appearance, the angel came with a drawn sword, threatening Joseph with destruction unless he went forward and obeyed the commandment fully. Source, LDS.org. The essay. Essay, yeah. right. Now, email, uh, an example of that would be Mary Elizabeth Leitner. She was a married woman. Right. When Joseph Smith approached her to become a plural wife, she, she wrote, one of his wives wrote, right. that Smith claimed, quote, the angel came to him three times, the last time with a drawn sword, and threatened his life. And this is from a book called Nauvoo Polygamy by George D. Smith. Eliza Snow also a plural wife of Joseph Smith said this. The prophet hesitated and deferred until an angel of God stood by him with a drawn sword and told him that unless he moved forward and established plural marriage, his priesthood would be taken from him and he should be destroyed. This testimony he not only bore to my brother, but also to others, a testimony that cannot be gainsaid. Cannot be gainsaid. They cannot disprove. They shouldn't even try to disprove it according to her. So what kind of fear is intended to be instilled in the female when she hears this? Yeah. You know, he's telling her that God will have him killed if she doesn't comply with How polygamy. Convenient. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the bottom line is it's her fault if Joseph Smith is annihilated by God, which is a very despicable strategy yeah. um, to by predators. Now, another testimony about the angel with the flaming sword threatened Smith. Now, I, I put all these extra quotes about the, the flaming sword because there are some people who deny that he ever said that. Well, this is from the Orson Whitney's Life of Heber C. Kimball. An angel with a flaming sword descended from the courts of glory and confronting the prophet commanded him in the name of the Lord to establish the principle so long concealed from the knowledge of the saints and of the world that of plural marriage. Well, it's just the most important thing that ever happened on the planet was plural marriage. Yeah. These are definitely predatorial yeah. evidences. The sales pitches. <laughs> yes, yeah. sales pitches. Okay, let's go to the next point, number four. Joseph Smith promised his victims salvation if they complied with his requests. I wonder <laughs> if this would be equivalent to offering candy to a little person they're trying to molest. Oh, yeah, a little <laughs> enticement here. Yeah. In the revelation on marriage, the Lord promised participants crowns of eternal lives and exaltation in the eternal worlds. Wow. 
Okay, <laughs> and still that's from LDS.org, isn't yes, it? Yes, sources from the LDS.org, the essay there. Mm -hmm. Now, there were a couple of essays on polygamy. Mm -hmm. Do you know which yeah. one this There's one two is? Or three. No, I didn't go into, into each one detail? to see where he got it from. I really didn't have the time to go into sure. it that deeply, but I've read them all, yeah. and they're there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, in point number one, he had promised Helen Mark Kimball uh, salvation for her and her t entire family. But in this one is the promise to all prospective plural wives of salvation and exaltation. Now, to a person who's not familiar with Mormonism, that would mean becoming a god and a goddess. Going to the celestial kingdom. Going to the yeah. celestial kingdom and becoming a god. So that's a very clever maneuver by Joseph Smith to seduce woman, women into his bed. He was putting eternal life up for sale. And the price was sex with a prophet. Yeah. Brigham Young taught that those who don't live polygamy will be damned. And Joseph Smith wrote in the Doctrine of Polygamy, section 132, this. It's in the current Doctrine and Covenants. It's still there. For behold, I reveal unto you a new and everlasting covenant. And if ye abide not that covenant, then ye are damned. For no one can, can reject this covenant and be permitted to enter into my glory. And as pertaining to the new and everlasting covenant, it was instituted for the fullness of my glory. And he that receiveth a fullness thereof must and shall abide the law, or he shall be damned, saith the Lord God. So there's the damned. There's the damnation or salvation is the option given to potential victims of polygamy. Yeah, and this is Brian Hale's response to that. The promise is as... I'm sorry. The promise is if a man marries a wife, it is a promise of eternal marriage, not plural marriage, monogamy, not polygamy. Okay, He's and that's what dodging. modern Mormons say section 132 is, is, is not polygamy, is celestial marriage. Well, in the days <laughs> that polygamy first began, celestial marriage equals polygamy. Yeah. It was the same. It was synonymous. There was no difference in the definition. No difference at all. The new and everlasting covenant. The right? new and everlasting covenant is yeah. the covenant of polygamy. Patriarchal marriage is also the same. Um, so Brian Hales here is continuing to perpetuate the false information that this passage is about eternal marriage and not about polygamy. Now his fault in this is that the early Mormons considered it synonymous and the definition didn't change until uh, polygamy was outlawed by the Mormon church itself. Then they gave the phrase a totally different definition. Uh -huh. okay. But the introduction to the section that deals with polygamy says it's about polygamy. That's right. So why can he say that it's about monogamy? I don't know. Okay, point number five. Uh, Joseph's role as prophet of God gave him a position of trust and authority over his victims. Yeah, this is from section 135. Joseph Smith, the prophet and seer of the Lord, has done more, save Jesus only, for the salvation of men in this world than any other man that ever lived in it. Although this was written after Smith's death, it gives a clear sense of how he was revered. So, would that include Jesus? Than oh. any other man that ever lived in it? Would that include Jesus? He's well, done he more? Well, he does say save, save Jesus only, or what he did, but... <laughs> Some of them do, some of them don't. I don't yeah. know about that particular yeah. one, but I, I continue to hear LDS members. Uh, who, well, they say they're going to have to pass warn. by Joseph Smith. Right. That's that's what they say to, to get into heaven. So does Jesus have, have, have to, to pass by him? I don't know. I, <laughs> that's a good point. I never thought that, of that. <laughs> 
that kind of spiritual power over others would serve to cause a young girl's heart to tremble yeah. in his presence. Yeah. A young girl, a young, uh, you know, just growing up. Perspective. And there were so many yeah. young girls that he took. They believed every word that came out of his mouth and that he spoke to God directly um, and in her behalf often. They trusted him. They revered him. Most of them did not dare say no to his proposals. Men in religious positions of power can easily uh, sexually exploit others. In fact, religion often facilitates abuse because of the position of trust that leaders have among their followers. Joseph Smith was the leader and prophet. He was a godly man, wasn't he? That's what they would think. How could he do wrong? How could anyone dare to think that he would be a, a sexual predator? He was the overseer of their spiritual growth, of their knowledge of God's will for them. The trust they had in him was solid. They believed God told him to live polygamy, and Joseph Smith exploited that trust. You can find carbon copies of this mode of operation in today's headlines of sexual predators in religions. Um, Joseph Smith would say, God said, yeah. and if you don't obey, you'll be destroyed. That's a weapon, I'm telling you. What That's a powerful yeah. weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So the next of his 22 points, number six, Joseph Smith married sisters living in the same house, which was his house, by the way, and did not allow them to tell each other. <laughs> yeah, this is from the, in the Ensign magazine back in June of 1979. Both girls were married to pro to brother Joseph about the same time, but neither of us knew about the other at that at the time. Everything was so secret. A note, Eliza Partridge was 22 and her sister Emily was 19. They were both living and working in the Smith home, but even though they both married Joseph within a few days, neither was allowed to tell the other. And this again is from There's an LDS Ensign magazine. Yeah. So it's an official source. Again, secrecy is a sure sign of a predator. And Joseph Smith was successful at this for a very long time. Sadly, even today, the faithful Mormon and polygamous member refuse to do the proper investigation of the man that they think they are following into heaven. Sad. So sad. What's Brian Hale's response on this? Well, that's so simplistic, but it's silly. Within days, Joseph allowed them to speak to each other. That is a pointless rebuttal, isn't it? Yeah. It, it? Because that doesn't change the fact that he demanded secrecy for himself and his victims. And is historical evidence that the secrecy was there all during his polygamous lifestyle, yeah. all during his polygamous life. So that was not a good <laughs> rebuttal. Well, the seventh point that he was a sexual predator is Joseph Smith told women to pray about his advances while at the same time telling them, as their prophet, the answer to expect. <laughs> Lucy Walker recalled her inner turmoil when Joseph Smith invited her to become his wife. Every feeling of my soul revolted against it, she wrote. Yet after several restless nights on her knees in prayer, she found relief as her room filled with a holy influence akin to brilliant sunshine. Again now, from the LDS essay. Uh, yeah, okay. This And again, that's exactly what happens. But the power of suggestion yeah. is very, very strong. Mm -hmm. And especially for a young girl, Lucy Walker was a young teenager. And Joseph Smith knew it. He's, he'd used it before. He knew it works. Now, Psychology Today said this about the power of suggestion. 
If you expect something to happen, if someone or something suggests to you a specific outcome, your expectations of that outcome play a major role in its occurrence. And Joseph Smith knew this. Yeah, and used it. Huh? More than once, a female who Smith had proposed pearl marriage to experienced spiritual influences during the decision-making mode. And the devil loves to deceive people, and he does it very well. <laughs> but we have the biblical guideline for this and information you might well need to know. Yeah, these are both, these scriptures are both from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 3 and then 13 through 15. But I am afraid that just as Eve was, was deceived by the serpent's serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For such men are, are false prophets, apostles, deceitful workmen masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, therein will be what their actions deserve. Now these are good warning verses. God has not yeah. left us without information uh, to go through this life and know when deceit is coming our way. Spiritual deception is rampant in all of Mormon religions. Feelings are considered as a measure right. of truth. But feelings have nothing to do with measuring truth against error. If polygamists today and Joseph Smith's plural wives then had checked out what the New Testament has to say about monogamy and polygamy and adultery and fornication, they would have turned and fled from the face of Joseph Smith. Instead, they relied upon their spiritual experiences mm -hmm. without ever checking to see from which those uh, uh, which, from which spirit those experiences had come. Can we know where spiritual experiences come from? Yes, we can, and we should know. You know from 1 John 4, 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So there's many spirits out there that are not from God. Yeah. So be careful. <laughs> the next point indicating that he was a sexual predator. Number eight, Joseph told his victims that once they had given in to him, if they were to leave, they would be destroyed. This is from none other than the Doctrine and Covenants, section 132, verse 63. But if one or either of the ten virgins, after she is espoused, shall be with another man, she has committed adultery and shall be destroyed. Okay. Verse 63 explains that the polygamous wife must remain faithful to her husband or be destroyed. Yeah. Yet at the same time, her husband can go out and court other women, propose marriage to other women, have sex with as many women as he can get. Really? Why, <laughs> why I wonder, do ladies of Mormonism and polygamy believe this? I know that when I was little, when I was just a teenager growing up under this doctrine, I wondered that myself. You really did. Yeah, I really it. wondered, why can a man have so many women? And yet we were, we were told that if we were even raped, that we would give in and die before we'd lose our virginity. Virginity, so it was very serious stuff yeah. that they taught us. It's um, always been patriarchal that way, hasn't mm -hmm, it? The mm -hmm. priesthood and everything. Yeah. Is they just lord it over the women. They do. They frighten them. They scare them to death. Yeah. And and I would always wonder why can a man be that way and woman is is it really damaged. doesn't sound very godlike, does it? <laughs> it isn't godlike at all, is it? <laughs> a predator, including religious predators, will threaten victims like violent death. 
with yeah. their uh, if by their abuser if she leaves him, and that's the same tactic that Joseph Smith used. Except he threatened them with death by God's hands. The shocker here is Brian Hale's response. Yeah, I don't know what he's thinking. This is a misrepresentation. It speaks of a woman committing adultery after she's married. Being destroyed is to not receive exaltation. <laughs> that is shocking news to me. I have never heard that. I don't know if made it up on the spot. There. Yeah, another read. The, any dictionary. Open any dictionary and read the definition of destroyed and see what it says. Um, it isn't. It, that's not what it meant in early Mormon theology, that is for sure, and it, it certainly isn't what it meant in today's polygamy groups. No. Destroyed means destroyed, period. Now, the next point is number nine. Joseph told his victims that the way to glorify God was through their consent. This is also from Doctrine and Covenants 132, verse 63. For they are given, given unto him to multiply and replenish the earth according to my commandment, and to fulfill the promise which was given by my Father before the foundation of the world, and for their exaltation in the eternal worlds, that they may bear the souls of men. For herein is the work of my Father continued, that he may be glorified. I often wonder, how does multiple sex partners glorify God? You know, the purpose of polygamy was to rise up righteous seed to God, according to... Yeah to one scripture. Now the promise was that men and their harems would become gods. They would be married for eternity in all the eternal worlds. They would have uh, produced spiritual babies for eternity, eternal marriage and eternal polygamy and eternal sex and eternal rep reproduction and all this is supposed to glorify God. Yeah, I can't figure out exactly sense, how does it? it does that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the tenth point. Joseph Smith was a predator. His victims, Joseph's victims, thought of Joseph like a father figure. Also, this is from the autobiography of Emily Partridge Young. She says, Emily Partridge, uh, Emily Partridge recalled, she was a nurse girl, for they had a young baby. That is what I delighted in, tending babies. Joseph and Emma were very kind to us. They were almost like a father and mother. Okay, they were almost like a father and mother. Quotes by... Um, um, by Emily Partridge. Now, not all of Joseph Smith's victims, of course, saw him as a father figure, but perhaps the youngest ones did. They certainly sure. saw him as a trusted religious leader, right. and that he would do no, no, he would do them no harm. Now, early Mormon polygamy and today's polygamy groups continue to marry very young girls with very old men. So there you are. He set the stage for that. But this, again, another shocker, is Brian Hale's response. It appears you haven't read much of what Emily wrote. She considered herself Joseph's wife in every way. That's beside the point, because <laughs> really yes, is. after they were married, she did consider herself Joseph's wife. But before they were married, she was a servant in his home, right. caring for his children, helping out his wife, Emma. And she herself said that <laughs> she considered them almost as like if they were her and father and mother. So yeah. that response, again, <laughs> is pointless. There's really no valid excuse or justification for Joseph Smith's behavior. Well, this is, we've, we've done 10 points of the 22. We'll yeah. finish them next time in part two as we discuss the 22 proofs Joseph Smith was a sexual predator. Uh, definitely an interesting perspective on this whole it is, isn't it? concept of Joseph Smith and what he was able to do as a religious leader, mm -hmm. really, mm -hmm. and, and speak a spokesman for God. Right, uh, and 
have people in the palm of his hands. He could just do and move them whichever way he wanted. Mm. And most of them would do it without question. Without wow. question. Well, thank you, Earl. Thank yes, you thank again. You, we'll finish next time the yeah, 22 points. You know, God told his people, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament, to be holy because he was holy. In Hebrews, it tells us that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. How can Joseph Smith's actions ever be construed as holy behavior? Secrecy, stalking teenagers, marrying already married women? Now, they have redefined so many other important words, we wonder if they've redefined the word holy. The point is, Jesus is Lord, Jesus alone is Savior, Joseph Smith and his doctrines, and polygamy will not save anyone or help save anyone. See you next time for part two, and thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.